We look at life through the lens of our mind, the lens of our experience, and the lens of our feelings. And these different lenses we have cloud our vision to what is, what actually is right now in this moment. One of the tremendous powers of your mind is to time travel, to go to the past, to go to the future. And when you're focused on something that happened yesterday, there is this aspect of your consciousness that is free of time. In fact, the brain has no concept of time. So a memory is free of time. And when you remember something, you can make yourself happy or sad just through a memory of an event. This is the lens of the past. And when you look at life through the lens of the past, there can be intense suffering especially if you keep hitting the replay button and you want to fix and change what happened, you think you shouldn't have done or said whatever it is that you did, so there's a sense of guilt and shame that can arise from visiting the past, allowing the mind to drag you to the past. So to cleanse the lens of your mind requires the fire of sadhana, the fire of the ancient yoga. And the ancient yoga is infused with science. It's not just mental concepts, and it's not just sitting quietly or being still. The yoga of the ancient teaching of Ramana Maharshi is a fire. It's a fire of grace. You can actually feel like you're burning inside when you actually sit down and inquire through the form of meditation, through the form of the question, who am I? through the form of the mantra, through the power of your breath. So life force is prana, and pranava is a practice recommended by Ramana Maharshi because it includes the power of pranayama, which is your breath focused inside, focused on the heart center, using the power of OM and the seed letters of OM. So we think of OM as just two letters, O-M, right? But it's really comprised of ah, ooh, mm, three very potent seed letters that act like laser beams 
that have the power to focus your attention on the source of the sound, Om, the source of your breath. And the sound, Om, actually is very, very potent. It's infused with electromagnetic light and energy. It's a frequency of sound that you can hear audibly. And then there's aspects of these sounds that you cannot hear audibly. There are electromagnetic waves of light. And these waves of light have the power to rewire your brain. The synapses in the brain can actually change. So you're physically changing the structure of your brain which is essential for breaking free of very ingrained patterns of suffering. And one of the big ones is the lens of the past. When you allow the power of mind through the power of your memory to drag you to the past, there is intense suffering associated with that. Even if you're remembering something that is happy, a happy occasion, when you give your attention to the past, there is a certain quality about it that's not fresh. It's dead like a graveyard. It's not alive like fresh thoughts. When you go to a brand new place or you start a brand new relationship and there's no lens of the past for that relationship, it's fresh. It's new. And because it's fresh and new, there's a kind of excitement. There's a kind of presence that gets dull over time. So relationships, especially a married or a significant other relationship over a period of time, builds up the residue of the past. And when that past is suppressed, so that you don't hurt the other person's feelings. When you're in relationship, you can suppress what you really felt. And so these suppressions or these withholds build up over time, creating more and more suffering, more and more distance between you and the person that initially you were very excited to be with, right? So cleansing the lens of your mind is really essential on the mountain path of liberation. And really the mountain path of liberation is within you. It is the fire mountain within you the life force fire of conscious awareness that lives in your heart. So to ignite this fire, you have to look within. And to give fuel to the fire, you must really confront the egoic identity, which is the root cause of all suffering through the power of meditation on the source in your heart. Not the physical heart, but the spiritual center of your body, which is just to the right 
of your physical heart. So meditation that is a focused inquiry is powerful. And often breath is used as a mechanism of focus, as a yantra of focus, using the breath in and out. Right? You can follow that in to the source, which is in that heart center. You can inquire, who is this me that is meditating? Who is this me that is sad or blissful? This is cleansing the identity of me. It's not really getting rid of the me, which many traditions hold that because ego is the root of all suffering, it must be annihilated, it must be crushed or destroyed. And certainly Ramana Maharshi talked about destroying or crushing the ego because that is the common language of the Indian culture and it is the common teaching. And if you examine the entire teaching of Ramana, which is infinitely deep, you can discover directly for yourself that he also said that you must merge with the source. And the source of you is through the me. The only way to merge with the omniscient, eternal aspect of yourself is through the ego. The ego is the gateway. And the reason we don't go through that ego gateway is because we are constantly distracted by the lens of our mind, which is fed by our sight, by our sense of smell, taste, touch, and the emotional aspect of our body. It clouds our vision. We cannot see what is if we are dwelling on the past or if we are constantly planning our future. You have to stop the activity of mind by looking within and using the power of the ancient yoga, which is designed to restructure your brain so that you can remain clear. From the time you were born, all of your experiences have been literally generating and regenerating your brain. So the synapses in your mind and your brain are wired for suffering. You're literally wired to fight. You're wired to be sad. You're wired to be depressed wired to visit the past and plan the future. This is how your brain over many years has evolved. So it's no small thing to enter your heart and stay there. The essence of Ramana's teaching is to stay as Sat Chit Ananda, consciousness being bliss, 
which lives in your heart. But to remain as heart, you must cleanse the lens of your mind until eventually there is no lens. You're not looking at life through the lens of the future, the lens of the past, the lens of your pain and suffering and fear and anxiety. You're looking at life through the heart. You're seeing life through the eyes of your heart. You're seeing life through the presence of your heart. And when you see life through the presence of your heart and there is no past drama clouding your vision, everything is fresh and alive. Even if you are in a relationship that lasted many years, and even if your partner hasn't changed one bit in accepting, and, and this is radical acceptance of what is, without the movement or fix of fixing or changing that person, there is a radical shift and total acceptance which opens the heart to the joy of now, right now, without having to change anything, fix anything, move anything. It's clear seeing. And in clear vision, there is this power of presence, which is very deep and grounding loving, compassionate, empathetic, right? You can understand and have compassion for anyone from the presence. Because if you are living life as presence, you have seen through deeply, intimately, physically, you have seen through you have entered the gate of the ego. And once you enter that gate, there is no return. This is why we can say we want freedom, we want moksha, but when we are standing at the gate, we don't step in. Or we put one foot in and we leave the other foot out just in case the fire gets too hot. We have our, our escape route planned, right? So really, moksha requires total entering into the gate, the deep dive into the heart with the, no possibility of return. So when you first enter on the mountain path, it's fun and exciting, and there's shifts in consciousness. You experience moments of bliss, even euphoria. And then over time, the old patterns of suffering return because the lens of the mind has not been fully purified and cleansed cleansed of your karma, cleansed of gunas. These are genetic tendencies. There has to be the purification process 
through fire. The mountain path is a Shiva path. It's the path of fire. Shiva is the fire that burns all that is false. Shiva is the formless presence of God. So when you surrender to the power of the presence that lives in your heart by literally diving through the me that you feel inside your heart. Once you dive through that me, you enter into the space, the presence. But it is impossible to stay as presence if the mind and the ego, which work together on the quantum level as a quantum entanglement, so it moves faster than the speed of light. So mastery of your mind, which is essential for breaking free of really deeply ingrained genetic patterns, karmic patterns of suffering, requires this purification process. There is no way to avoid it. There is no spiritual bypass. There is no spiritual bypass. There is no clicking your fingers or instant enlightenment. There is the direct recognition of conscious awareness which can instantly generate a bliss state, but any state will change. Sadness is a state. Anger is a state. Fear is a state of consciousness that you feel physically in your body. So of overcoming suffering of your body is no small thing because your ego and mind are infused with the power of your senses and the power of your mind to remember and project, to remember and project, and the movements of mind to push against, to run away and seduce. These are the primary genetic movements of your mind. So the power of OM is that these laser beams, these electromagnetic light waves that have the power to focus your attention on the heart and rewire your brain opens the door that it is possible to permanently end your suffering. But in order to permanently end your suffering, you have to be willing to actually apply the teaching. That means you need to sing the mantra for an extended period of time. And this is the antithesis of what many Western teachers are promoting. They're promoting instant enlightenment, easy, effortless moksha, 
but they don't show you any examples of easy, effortless moksha, right? There aren't a lot of enlightened masters walking around the planet, even though this Western conversation of Ramana's teaching has been going on for years. And the reason is simple. You need the practices of yoga, the ancient yoga that Ramana Maharshi recommended, and pranava is one of them. It's one of the most powerful because you're using the power of Om to focus your attention on the source and the power of the sound directs your mind through the me, through the ego that you feel in your heart. So it, it gives you the power to focus. It's like a yantra, but it's a physical yantra. It literally pulls you into the vortex of energy in your heart. So pranava leverages these sounds of ah, ooh, and mmm, and it rings the gross body, the subtle body, the causal body, and it directs your attention to the Atman, which is the stillness of Turiya, which is stateless. So many people equate Ramana's teaching with bliss. But the misconception that's very common is that bliss states are a sign that you're making progress. And this is a false sign because states have nothing to do with progress, which is cleansing, which is purifying which is burning in the fire of grace that sadhana ignites. Without the yoga, without the context of understanding the reason for the science, the reason for the practice, what the practice actually is doing for you, without that context, the mind will never surrender to the source because of the distractions of mind and your environment and your memory and your projections and your constant interaction with other people, whether it's through social media, online, or in person. It's a constant distraction. So you have to actually train the mind to focus. It won't just automatically focus on the source. It's wired to focus looking out your eyes, listening to what you're hearing, tasting, smelling, thinking, remembering. So it's kind of all over the place. To learn to focus on the heart center is no small skill. Really, you have to apply the yoga. And the yoga is very simple with Ramana Maharshi. Pranava is just one example where you follow the breath. You start with breath. You breathe in and exhale out. And you follow that breath to the source. And breath itself, a deep breath in, stops your mind 
Prana stops the mind. It suspends the mind. Laughter suspends the mind. So one of the ancient yogas is the yoga of laughing, which stops your mind, right? The more you stop your mind, the bigger the fire gets. The more you give your attention to source, the hotter the fire gets within you. And the more you burn, 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 the more the lens of the mind is cleansed in that fire of grace until there is no lens and there is no mind. This is the no-mind state of Turiya, which simply never ends. It is stateless. So bliss states are not the answer. It's one of the greatest tricks of what's known as the, the spiritual bypass is bliss. Bliss is seen as the ideal. People glow, their eyes glow, their faces look bright and shiny. And everyone's, oh, that person's getting something, right? That person's realizing something. And it's meaningless. It's no different than a sadness state. And the reason for that is that bliss states are generated by mind. It's a shift in your attention, free of past, free of projection, but you are still trapped in the loop of reflective consciousness between the mind and the ego. Ego is like a mirror, and it reflects your mind. If you focus on bliss states and attaining bliss states, you will attain bliss states. If you look away from the past and you focus on this most holy moment of now, you can experience a bliss state, but it will not last. And you've experienced this if you've been to various retreats and spiritual satsangs, discussions that focus your attention on the heart. You can experience the peace and bliss of your being. You can experience the light of the presence as a bliss state. But all states whether it's a sadness state, an anger state, a stress state, an anxiety state, have a beginning, middle, and end. If you're really, really sad and you're crying in your pillow, you cannot maintain a state of sadness forever. It has a beginning, a middle, and an end. It might last for several days. You might be totally heartbroken, devastated, especially if someone close to you has passed away or if you've lost a child. And for a parent, there is no worse pain than the loss of a child. There's an anguish with that, a sorrow, a heartbreak that can last forever or it can seem like it will last forever. But even the pain of heartbreak can't possibly last forever. 
unless the mind is still actively engaged in the heartbreak that lives in the past, which is, of course, the common experience. So these ancient yogas focus your attention on the source, but it's an electromagnetic energy that rewires the brain to make it more physically possible to reside as heart. And that's what these yogas are for. It's not like they are superfluous or non-essential. Really, truly, if you're just beginning on this path, or if you're a human being with many, many incarnations, or you, you wouldn't be listening to this unless you knew on some level that something just wasn't right, that the happiness you've longed for all your life just doesn't stay very long. You have fleeting moments of happiness if you have that. Or you achieve bliss states in various retreats only to have old patterns of suffering return. And what is causing that is these underlying tendencies of mind and ego, vasanas, gunas, genetics, the genetics of suffering, karma, the cosmic law of karmic action and reaction, cause and effect that must play itself out to eradicate karma is part of the purification process that's only possible through the power of mantra through the power of inquiry through the power of meditation and all of it is an inquiry into the source until the mind is so pure so purified by the presence, by the power of the presence, the yoga of presence, that your lens is clear, perfectly clear. There is such profound clarity in presence, such profound contentment and happiness beyond words. But it's not a state that comes and goes. It's not even about getting rid of your thoughts or your mind or your ego. You need your mind and your ego to survive in the world. That's just an aspect of being a living, breathing human being. But to align with Source is a fire of grace that clears your mind completely, deeply, intimately. And the deeper you go, the clearer you are. And you're more and more and more aware of the presence that is unchanging within you and all around you. And as you align with that still, vast, indescribable presence of God, the intelligence of the entire universe, there is this equanimity and clarity and peace, compassion,
for yourself, total compassion for yourself, total love for yourself, and total love and compassion for everyone you meet. But to reside as hard, you must burn in the fire of grace that lives in your heart. Om Shanti 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 Om